0: To learn more about our guests or listen to fast shows, visit Infotrack online at InfotrackRadio.com. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Just about every one of us faces challenges in life on occasion. How we deal with those dark times makes all the difference. Here with more Infotrack's Gina Tedesco. Gina? Thanks, Chris. Catherine May is the New York Times bestselling author of Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times. Catherine, briefly explain to us what wintering means. Well, wintering is a word I've borrowed, really,
1: from the natural world. And I use it to describe the times in life when we feel frozen, When we feel kind of cast out from the world, blocked from what everyone else is doing and very cut off, and that might come for loads of different reasons. So it might be because of a mental or physical health problem. It might be a big life event like a divorce or a bereavement. Or it could just be a big change that's happening in our lives that for a while kind of throws us. And I always say that however it comes It's always such a painful time in life. Like this isn't a book about saying, well, you know, if you just do these three simple things, it'll be fine and you can get through it really quickly. I think that our winterings are a painful process, but they're also a really valuable one. We learn a lot from them, we gain in wisdom and we get to process the stuff that we need to work out so that we can go to the next phase of our lives. And the point is really that nature... Shows us the way of how to winter that if we observe
0: it closely, we can get an insight into what to do next. I see that as a teenager, you had undiagnosed autism and a breakdown, and yet you taught yourself how to live instead of giving up. What did you learn at that time? I think what that whole process taught me really, particularly the breakdown that I had when I was
1: 17, when I became really, really depressed. I got to a point where I couldn't fall any lower. And for me, that was a moment of my survival instinct kicking in, really. Not in any kind of grand heroic way, but really more like, well, here I am, I'm still going. And if I've survived this, then that's a reason to carry on. It was very basic at first. It was a very small... Impulse towards life. But after that, I deliberately kind of rebuilt myself and tried to find ways to live better, to live a happier life, to live a life that was more sustainable. And, you know, I didn't get there straight away, is the long and the short of it. And I never will. I'll never be perfect at this act of living. But what I did learn was how to keep adjusting, keep reflecting and keep bending towards the sun, you know, keep trying to find ways to make myself happy and to cope rather than
0: having to accept what I'd lived with all my childhood, which was depression and anxiety. The attitudes I mentioned before, blaming oneself for things that go wrong, is it basically dangerous for us to try to fix everything as though we have more control than we really do?
1: Yeah, I think we have an illusion of control, really. And, you know, that's not our fault, necessarily. All of our society points us towards thinking that we're supposed to take control, you know, that we can achieve happiness, we can achieve success, we can achieve this perfect life. And the truth is that that's a lie. We can't actually. It's not in our control in the way that we think it is. And so I like to think about instead how we can surrender to the truth and how we can try to see that in the eye, see the reality of human life. And the truth is that life is cyclical for us. You know, it's not one line on a graph striving upwards. We don't get better and better at this. That's not even possible What we do is that we keep having to deal with what life throws at us. And when bad things happen to us, sometimes we've brought it about. You know, I'm not saying that we never can make mistakes or do mean things to other people. But most of the time, it's just life taking its course. And we shouldn't punish ourselves for things that would happen to us anyway. You know, we can't stop illness from coming we can't stop the people that we love from dying eventually those things are not for us to control and once we accept that we can just
0: accept ourselves a little better your advice to pay attention to moments of transition in our lives some experts say we need to become observers as though we're sort of independent third parties looking in on our own lives do you support that notion
1: Yeah, it's a very hard thing to do, isn't it, to slow down. I mean, being busy is what makes us feel important in this world. And I really had to teach myself the art of slowing down over many, many years. It's still not my natural habitat, actually, in many ways. But often when a wintering comes to us, It often comes with illness or exhaustion or burnout or mental illness. Like Those are often the first signs we notice that we have to stop. We're forced into it. It's not a choice. And what that requires is a slower pace of life. Now, that comes anyway. You know, if we get sick, we have to slow down. We physically can't go on. And if we carry on, we'll get sicker. But actually, I think we can learn to love that state and learn to appreciate its wisdom. And there's a few skills you can learn. You know, you can learn how to endure those very long, slow days by keeping your hands moving, for example. You know, like I always cook my way through my winterings. That's the thing that I tend towards of, you know, standing in the kitchen and making things. We can learn to train ourselves to not be ashamed of not being busy. You know, we can learn to see this space as therapeutic. And hopefully we can learn to authentically talk about the place we're in at the time and to accept it in each other as just a natural life
0: phase that comes to us all at one time or
1: another and often comes
0: over and over again. Your advice to pay attention to moments of transition in our lives. Some experts say we need to become observers, as though we're sort of independent third parties looking in on our own lives. Do you support that notion?
1: Yeah. I learned meditation about 15 years ago now, during one of my big bouts of anxiety and depression. And that, I think, over time, gives you this ability to just step back a little and to watch your mental state to almost separate out the kind of stuff that's happening in the here and now and your sense of self. That sounds quite abstract, I think. But if you can become a kind of master of understanding these patterns and knowing that whatever mental state you're in, in that moment is not permanent. It never is. You know, we go through so many changes on a minute to minute basis, on an hour to hour basis, on a day to day basis, on a year to year basis. That can help us to watch what's going on and to just gain a little bit more distance from that white heat feeling that often comes when we're suffering.
0: We're visiting with Catherine May, the New York Times bestselling author of Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times. Catherine, in addition to slowing down and being more aware of life's transitions, in what other ways can we rest and retreat? Well, I think that's different for everyone in lots of ways, and there's loads of different options.
1: Finding something physical to do is really useful. For me, that's walking. That won't surprise you because I kind of like slow things. But I also enjoy sea swimming, particularly in the cold. And what that does is it takes me into a place where I'm challenged in a way that is different to the kind of challenges I'm facing in the everyday. It's a chosen challenge. It's deliberately uncomfortable. It's deliberately difficult. And that helps me to build resilience. It also gives me an enormous amount of pleasure and makes me laugh like a drain, which really helps. So that's definitely something that everyone should think about doing, finding a way to move their body,
0: whatever their body is able to do, finding a way to get outside. Catherine May, The New York Times bestselling author, thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks ever so much for having me. For InfoTrack, I'm Gina Tedesco. You're listening to InfoTrack.
1: A production of Syndication Networks.